you won't ever necessarily know about the effect you made because it never happened or someone never died because of it or they weren't killed in a structure fire or that community didn't burn down because of the effect that you had. I'm taking that same passion and effect and then applying it to this other stuff because I know there's a lot of people out there. I get messages from people I've never met before. And if I hadn't lived this, I never would have believed it. If I hadn't been involved in firefighting and fire prevention and and gotten into all of that, I never would have understood that either. You know, so all I want to do is just help just give someone inspiration out there just like you are. I want my suffering and the things I have learned, whatever I have had to go through, I want it to count for something far bigger than myself. And there's no value on it. Nobody can ever pay me enough to share it. I believe that if you put good out, good will come back. Welcome back, Up in Flames listeners, to part two of my interview with Tracy Last, who founded and is making something amazing out of fire ed. She is truly an inspiration to me. I think we really connected because we're just so like-minded in so many ways. She's an amazing social entrepreneur. We have a background of dealing with some BS, whether it was bullying or just being pushed down in the fire service for different reasons. And Tracy's helped me see just how rampant it can be, even with our stakeholders. But you know what? Besides all that, she is going up in flames and not down. You guys really need to listen to everything it is she's sharing because it's quite a movement. And it's one that takes all of us to make things safer in our communities. With that, here's Tracy. At least you can say more now. And I think that your message and passion to stick with this and not just like completely throw in the towel or whatever they call it is that's why they put certain people like us through uh not they well not they but the universe why why is it that it's such a tough lesson and how is it that some of us are still here at the end of it to forge ahead so there must be something important in there for community and ourselves for us to be sticking with it and I'm glad to meet someone else who actually has the like mind, uh, has the experiences with the discrimination and can just bring some more, shed some new fresh light onto that sale situation, you know, just opening up to other people who follow you and, and say there are more things out here. Like there's consultants who can help the people going through this in an agency and bring awareness to the discrimination and the bullying and the rape and everything that's going on so that people can survive this. Like what you're doing for that is just unbelievable. And more and more people are watching you on social networks and it's growing. Like the tribe for you is growing and the tribe for me is growing. In the end, it's just, here's an educational curriculum and sure, I'm like beyond passionate for about it I'm just I'm just more curious about it now I just know there's a problem and that we have solutions and you know why not just continue my work even though it's not making a whole lot of money don't look at us that way even if there is a lot of money it's going to go back into developing more people and stronger messages and and just filling the gap well thank you for saying all that like I'm it's probably a good thing we're not in person because i look like a bawling baby right now. Like my eyes are, because hearing that it's, that some of the things I'm doing is receptive the way that you see them. It's like, oh my God. Okay. So it's working. People are getting it. They're hearing me. And it's just like in fire prevention, like you have this passionate message and you just want to 
help other people through it or help them understand it or be educated. And you won't ever necessarily know about the effect you made because it never happened or someone never died because of it or their family weren't, they weren't killed in a structure fire or that community didn't burn down because of the effect that you had. And that's the same, I'm taking that same passion and effect and then applying it to this other stuff because I know there's a lot of people out there. I get messages from people I've never met before and they just tell me that I've given them the, you know, the strength or the courage to either stick with what they're doing or to push back or to just survive another day. And if I hadn't lived this, I never would have believed it. If I hadn't been involved in firefighting and fire prevention and, and gotten into all of that, I never would have understood that either. And you know, so all I want to do is just help impact or just give someone inspiration out there just like you are for all the different reasons. I want my suffering and the things I have learned, whether it's with firefighting, fire prevention, or through discrimination or being raped or dealing with the legal aspect of all of it, whatever I've had to go through, I want it to count for something far bigger than myself. And there's no value on it. Nobody could ever pay me enough to share it. Nobody could ever. It's just like, I believe that good, if you put good out, good will come back. And yeah, i that's and what I believe. I love it. And, you know, um, like when we see a bear, we don't want to get in between a mother bear and their cubs. And I know you have a little boy and I raised two boys through all of that hell that they were putting me through. And they had to see me cry a lot. And I actually probably it's only in the last year that I can talk like I am with you without friggin' sobbing <laughs> because it's, it was that bad. So call me a crybaby. You know, maybe if this part is recorded or not. But the thing is, is that my boys, I think part of the reason why I'm in this is I also want to develop leadership and confidence skills in younger children through this. It's fire and life safety education. It's capacity building and confidence building. And we even have uh, difficult conversations. And we're going to be teaching our young community safety facilitators, our young and old, that when they go in, and they try and present this into a community. And if they get a fire chief, like a lot of them I came across, who said, you can't come into our community and do education. Like, literally. Wow. It's like, oh, they better be prepared for that conversation. Kind of because um, it's like, you know what? <clears throat> we're going to be there anyway. And we're going to have some positive PR stories. And we're inviting the media. And it's going to be all over the place. So hopefully you show up. Because when they ask for the big red trucks and and, you know, the uniformed officers and the turnout gear demonstration or whatever it is, like, if you don't show up, we're going to, we're going to probably have to say why like, yeah. if you're threatened. I don't know. We're just yeah. going to have to say sorry. They're unavailable for comment. Yeah. So it's back to about my kids mm -hmm. is when they see like a mama bear that sad. And I remember one of the saddest things I worked so hard on um, for fire prevention Canada for over a year, almost two years, a whole nother show again. It was very, like, terrible uh, business with the sponsor involved that I was trying to get on board. So the one day that they said this was not going to be mine, that someone else took my two years' work and ran with it, and mm -hmm. that's a fire agency in Canada, I <laughs> cried oh. so hard. And I think I was driving my kids to hockey. I could barely even, like, Mom, Mom, like, oh. Mom, I hate telling Dad. I hate it when hated to see my mom cry like that. Well, now they're well, 25 and 30 years old and they're out in the real world and they're coming across things and, you know, terrible things happen. Like my son actually had to evacuate the Fort McMurray wildfires. So he yeah, moved up to that. Alberta in the oil sands and 
I got the phone call, blow by blow, here he is. Like, And day one, there's a wildfire in our town. Oh, we don't have to evacuate because it's really small or it went out. Well, the next thing you know, bam, like all these communities and they're driving past the planes. So I'm just in it to win it and show my son that life is tough and you're you're going to come across some things that I can't protect you from. But at least if you see the horrible things that made me so sad and you saw it day in and day out because it was a home business, then you're going to stick with it too. And we're just going to be a fighter family. Well, it's just, and if nothing else, I know that on the back end, like I, I shield my little one from so much and thankfully he's, he's still, you know, young enough to where he's not on social media or anything like that. And he doesn't see any of this yet. And by the time that he does, he's going to really understand and know that his mama always fought for what was right. Always. And I always teach him that. And, and, uh, so I know that someday when he looks back on all the internet activity, like I know that all my efforts are for good and to help people and and one of these days, I'll also share my experience and some of his hell that he's gone through, through going through divorce and the family law system, because that's been a whole other thing in itself that I'm hoping to make a positive impact on someday. But that'll be a longer story down the road when we're out of it. But he will always know that every battle that his mom ever went up against was worth it. She chose it and she always fought for the right. And it looks like your boys are going to, they see that in you too. You know, as far as I'm concerned for you, that what you went through and you can have such an amazing career doing what you're doing I can totally use you on the fire ed team well I yes social entrepreneurship is something I've definitely learned a lot about in the last couple of years and exactly the training like the value like even just taking away my personality and who I am you know as just a human being just the the training investment that has been put into me like I know that there are so many places that I can take it from here and they they lost a hold of something that was so valuable for that agency like they just didn't have the value there for me to stick with them and I never could have been what I could possibly be or applied everything that I have to give being in the confines of an agency like that so I want to do something good with it and it's not all of this stuff that you're developing it's not a matter of if it's just when it sounds like you're on the cusp of so many great things. Yep, there's so much more we can do. And they've just opened the floor for us to be able to do it as community stakeholders. And the difference with higher ed and my business is that it's been three decades. We've done all the research and development. I know exactly now why we were put together. I mean, it's got it's so obvious. <laughs> like, and, and it's just you're on the same playing field as I am. And I, I have so much respect for everything that you have grown all these years and what you're developing. And I know I'm only hearing a fraction of what is inside of you and what you have going. I follow a lot of your work. I retweet or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then I'll add a comment. I so appreciate your support. Feel it. And I hope you don't mind. Oh my God, no, please. All you want. Every time that I see something, a nod from you on there, I'm just like, wow, thank you. Because I've been wanting to talk to you so bad, but I wanted to make sure that we had the time to really talk and because I knew that you had way more inside of you to share with me than 10 minutes. Well, I'm going to tell you one sad story about a fire chief, a male, a male fire chief who loves what I did and he brought it into his department, just um, sort of like a lower level of like our full capacity of our program. Though he tried to bring it to an organization that he was a director, maybe not a director, but a, you know, a higher member for 25 years. And it was a burn fund in our province. So he said, you know, I'm seeing some
something here that's really pissing me off. And he said, we have burn camp every year and we promote it and we have all these great, amazing services for the burn children up to ages 18, I think is the size they'll go. But we have more campers every year. Guess what? We're not even educating them. We say we are. We have like a link on there and there's nothing under our education link. So he was starting to just call it out, not in a derogatory way, but in a, hey, I'm starting to realize way once I met Tracy and what they do with fire ed. It's like I I kind of see the missing link here now. Can I have your attention? So whenever he brought that up, he actually got blindsided at meetings because the organization that says they do education, which is a separate one in our province, some of their members were at that meeting and he called me back and just was super mad at me. And he was like, I totally got blindsided. What's this? None of them like you. Like, who are you? And I'm like, well, who are they? And he goes, I don't know. I've never even heard of that organization before. And I said, well, there you go. So they say that all I do is that trash talk them or bad talk them. You found out about them through them, not me. So where's the common denominator here? Well, in the end, they canceled our contract. The president canceled it. And um, my this fire chief was, uh, res- he was pretty much ground, grounded. What would you call it? Grounded. Not forced, but pressured oh. or felt so uncomfortable Pushed to out. step down. Oh. Wow. So he went down with me just for trying to support me. Wow. So I see what's happening. Like That's yeah. why it frustrates me in your organization because as soon as someone speaks up mm-hmm. they'll get taken down and this guy he's just like a volunteer there for 25 years trying to help burn children before they get burned wow and then he retired as fire chief like his normal retirement but his wife was pretty mad because he didn't like really get all the huge you know everything they handshake, yeah. like all the time he put in Bob, right Right. And that's why I tell people, I don't try to sugarcoat it and say like, oh, you speak up and nobody will ever bother you. Oh, hell no. People, it's crazy. It's just social. It's this weird social culture thing that is so rampant in places. And like a a huge piece of my life and my story is my significant other who backs me and has my back. He was a hotshot superintendent coming up. You know, he has this long history in wildland fire and a whole lot of respect from a lot of really good people. And he's been a leader of one of the big leadership programs. And but across the nation, he's been known. And his dad was Forest Service, retired Forest Service. So when he when he started backing me and I started speaking up and he was backing me up, he was posting on my behalf. He was, you know, he was a witness in my case. He was all these things. And I kept telling him, I'm like, it's you know, this is going to turn ugly. You know that people are going to come after you. And he's like, I don't care. Let him let him do it. But there's so many people that saw that he had my back and they're like, oh, so she is telling the truth. She is being legit. And then, but man, lo and behold, as soon as the case really hit the street, we had a bunch of people calling him and saying that, that my bosses and their bosses' bosses were trying to get him in trouble. They were already making up stories and sharing it with people at the state office and in the Washington office, little back door, like see someone in the bathroom and just say like, hey, did you know so-and-so has been doing this? That's an ethical. All this weird little middle school crap trying to take him down just because he was supporting me. And it started like that. But what was great is some of his leaders who had a ton of respect for him saw and recognized that and put a stop to it. But it's only because he is held so highly in the fire service. Anybody else that was backing me, that did back me, they got taken down. Yep, I totally believe it. And for him to have to go 
through that. And for those few people who had his back, like how hard was that? Like just one more person have someone's back and because he never knew how bad this stuff was till he lived on the inside of of mine. He's like, I had no idea it was this. Like when we first started seeing each other, and I would get just a shitty email or some a bad voicemail or something that was just like, Are you kidding me? And people didn't know that him and I were together and I would forward it to him. I'd be like, How am I supposed to respond to this? It'd just it'd be something either political or administrative, just just total harassment or exclusion. And he started seeing that stuff. He's like, I cannot believe this. I did not know this kind of stuff happened in our agency. And then the more that he saw it and then the more of our friends he saw of it, his eyes were open because so many of the good guys never, ever see it. So they don't know who to back up. Yeah. And you know what? Like when I first, I was a part of the BC Fire Chief Association for 15 years. I mean, I was a member and bad things happened because I had the license with the NFPA for Sparky the Fire Dog in Canada for seven years. And then the NFPA gave it to the Ontario Fire Marshals who had a arms lake distribution center they created and when that happened it crushed my business that's one of the first times and I went to the fire chief conference and the trade show with whatever I could muster up because I wasn't allowed to have Sparky the Fire Dog swag anymore and I had seven years of it my website my catalog all the inventory it was like my booth was pretty bare right and I was sad and I was there and I had a lot of fire chief friends and you know in, in those days it was like pretty good rapport and that and one of them I remember coming to me and saying that really happened well as an organization that you're a member of for all these years what can we do to help and I said well can you like call them it was like, back. I mean that's bullshit that they took away my license and I was like you know we're licensees for Smokey Bear and we're licensees for Spark to a Fire Dog and you have to pay royalties quarterly and keep track of everything and I was like the model licensee, and that was just completely unfair. And, you know, it was given to the organization that can get more um, sponsors, like, within the fight. It was just like a corruption. Right. So they just wouldn't do it at that point. Like, it just was too, was too difficult risky. for them to, right? Yeah, and I've, because, so I've, like, I had an employee, a guy, who um, my chief was pulling some stuff on me. And I remember, I totally remember the day I remember where I was sitting when he sent me a message. And he's like, hey, heads up. Chief so-and-so is after you. I just want you to know, watch out. He just left my office. And I was like, oh, shit. So I appreciated it. This person that shared with me this text is, was always so conservative. He was afraid to ever speak out. He would he would never put anything in writing. He didn't even really know how to text. And he sent me that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So he And he meant more administrative stuff, like the guy, my chief had been setting me up on stuff. And so for this guy to warn me that worked for me, I was like, holy cow, I can't believe he actually, he's going to be doing the right thing. Well, a lot of other things happen then go forward to where it's time to actually start naming witnesses. And I shared his text messages. I shared the emails he'd forwarded me as support, you know, all this stuff. And then when the investigator reached out to him, crickets. He was like, I can't remember. I don't want to be involved. And that was a big thing is I don't want to be involved. And by law, they didn't have to be. They could just shut up. And I was so frustrated. And people were like, oh, my God, aren't you going to go after him? How could, he, how could he just not back you up after that when he had all that evidence? And I said, you know what? Watching what I've gone through, living what I've gone through, I get it because he's his only, he's the only person that supports his family. His wife doesn't work. He's got all these kids. He's terrified to get treated the way that I am, to have reprisal happen. So I'm not mad at him. I don't hold it against him because I'm living the fear that he has. I mean, I get it. And that's how sad it is. People that, a woman that worked for me, same thing. 
she had all this evidence. She was a big part of it. She would come to me and share it with me all the time. When my attorney called her to act as a witness, I immediately started getting threatening text messages from her telling me to shut the hell up, to never save, never share her name, never share her number with anybody legally. Like she flipped out and she goes, I fear for my family's safety. Please do not put me in the middle of this case. And that's how strong it, and we shared that with the agency to say like, do you see how bad this is? Like this is how terrified people are. So that's the kind of, it's just no surprise. And it's like, I don't know how to change that. And I'm trying to get people to be more afraid to not speak up than to speak up. And uh, I just don't know. But isn't it just like one or two leaders at the top that can put a stop to it all? Yes. Right when the good people seem to get get some they can make a difference. They leave and then it's like, well, now who? Yeah, they just get caught in that trap. And I that's when I knew that it was like when I started feeling because I've always felt like I love my job so much that I would do it for free. Even the hard days, the dirty days, the days in the middle of nowhere desert fighting a stupid fire. Like I always was so proud of it and I love doing it that I would do it for free. And when my career shifted to where it was like, oh, my God, dreading going to work the next day like that, because I never wanted to work a real job. I've never wanted a real job. One where I'm like dreading to go to work for however many hours, watching the clock, waiting for it to stop. Like I want the dream job where you can't wait to go. And when it started to shift from that to being something I was dreading, I just knew that that it wasn't for me. And I think so many people get trapped in that. So many people are like, I just have this many more years till retirement or I just have to hold out this much longer. And they they just become a part of the problem without even realizing it. And it's just rampant. I don't know. I just want to make sure that I'm tied to individuals like you that's great because I know like what your mission is and what you're doing it's the big corporations that do get kind of scary and you don't know when they're just gonna turn on you like those ones I have with you and stuff so I think my trust factor is so low that it's really hard well I think that when people see that you have a story and they actually hear your story so it's gonna work out better for us to be transparent and get that out of our head of what um, was done to us and get past our tears and I mean I had to have therapy and hypnotherapy and stuff like that so it's difficult but when we can tell our story without crying I think that is a major accomplishment because I found that every time my voice cracked and I would like up and not be able to spit out a few words and stuff like that that they didn't like that the people he, who you even thought were gonna have your back they're just like yeah, uh, don't be too real like, yeah <laughs> yeah that's way too real for me like no no I got your back but unless you're actually gonna be you know forthcoming now Tracy you've told me about your like crowdfunding concept and how you personalize this to people who are trying to get it going in their community and I actually had a animated video we're doing and like a cartoon at time, Dave, firefighter, <laughs> here's my story, and here's what I'm doing with Fire Ed now, and then, like, it's all done. Like, we're just finishing it. And then he'll have his own crowdfunding page, so when he goes and tells people about it, they, he says, well, you just have to log in here, or he has, like, some sort of piece that people, you know, business card, whatever. So they log in, and they see his page, and we don't even have to, like, explain it in much detail. It's a landing page with all the information you need, donate now and when he has enough money he can go and start launching communities everywhere and then it's sustainable in itself because we teach the facilitators to keep going back and getting the funding and we'd say okay so you know if it's 25 bucks for a kid to come to a class for an hour and there's 30 kids so we just do all the math we might go to an organization like a pizza shop and say hey for three hundred dollars 
do want to put um, 25 kids through fire ed and mm-hmm. get like a certificate for your wall. So our grassroots approach yeah. is exactly that. And like I said, fire department, please adopt us. Your fire services are obviously our biggest stakeholder, but this is all happening anyway. Right. And when you see the roster and the list of people attending, you're not going to say no. Right. No, people want to be totally on board. And like, so I'm, I'm envisioning as you're talking about this, you know, I just have all these flashes in my head because I mean, I can't think of a community that I've been in for a fire and not even that has been on fire. They just can see smoke somewhere at some point in their lives. And to not have people be like, how can we help? How can we be a part of this? And like with the fire safe councils, there's so many people within the community that want to help. They just don't, they just don't know how, or, you know, they, there's not a, room on the board for them to do what it is that they're skilled at. And a lot of them, people like my mom who just wanted to go and talk to the kids, you know, people like that. I mean, there's oodles of those people that are great in front of people are great educators. I'm having such a hard time with being so small with just being focused on a city or just being focused on a County. And so my mind is spinning right now with what you're talking about because it's on such a national and global level. No, this is like, this is like, it's a platform with like, I mean, online learning and certification and like anything you can possibly think of for the kid I have that's just one tool this yeah. is just a platform that can be worldwide and, and that's what like fire ed international making the world a safer place one preventable fire at a time and you know social entrepreneurs it's a grassroots social change movement for eliminating preventable fires worldwide like our whole thing is global well let's keep talking more and figure out how I can help you do good things because because I'm in thank you so much for being a part of this episode in this interview I created up in flames as an effort to stoke a few fires and ignite moral courage And as you heard in my talk with Tracy, it's about far more than workplace issues. It's about having the courage to make your community a safer place. We can't rely on the government to do it for us. We have to all be part of something good. Now, if you're interested in bringing fire into your community, please check out the show notes or send me an email at abby at upinflames.org. And I'll be happy to connect you with Tracy Last and the Fire Ed program. The Up in Flames mission is no ordinary challenge. It's a culture shifting project powered by you. To keep up in flames going strong, go to abbybolt.com and hit the link at the top and see how you can become a patron. Up in Flames patrons get special access to behind-the-scenes info, backstories, content no one else knows about, not to mention early access to many episodes. Another way you can support the mission is to share it with others and leave a review on iTunes. It's truly an honor to serve you. Remember, choose the hard right over easy silence and lead with fire.